0: Okay, in today's episode, we will talk about the gastrointestinal tract. 30 metres of muscular tubing in 5 minutes, or 300 seconds. Now, if we're going to be propelled down that lumen by the process of peristalsis, that means we'll be travelling at a speed of 0.1 metres per second, or 10 centimetres a second, which if we confer to the more palatable miles per hour, according to Professor Google, that's not quite a snail's pace, instead is the pace of a giant tortoise. Let's begin okay so gastrointestinal tract i'm going to press our starter and our timer begins so the gastrointestinal tract has four main functions firstly digestion of food which is breaking large molecules into smaller ones The second part is absorbing these molecules, the nutrients and minerals and water that we require from anything we ingest. And the third part is to reabsorb anything that we put into the tubing that we want back. Finally, at the bottom end, pun intended, we excrete waste products or faeces. So let's follow the food down the journey from the mouth to the anus. In the mouth, chewing or mastication mechanically breaks large molecules into physically smaller ones. Saliva adds in some enzyme juices, starting chemical digestion, and the food bolus that you then swallow enters into the oropharynx. Oropharynx is a topic for another time. From the oropharynx, we entered into the esophagus, which is around 25 centimetres of muscular tubing that traverses through the neck into the thorax and specifically into the stomach. Now the stomach is a pretty hostile environment. It is hydrochloric acid, digestive enzymes and picture a washing machine on maximum spin, churning and further breaking down the food. Now after about one or two hours of uh, this washing machine flying around, The product that comes out of your stomach is a soupy-acidic mixture that we now call chyme. And from here, it enters into the small intestine. Your small intestine, then. So your small intestine is split into three parts, the duodenum, the jugenum, and the ileum. And it's named after its comparatively diminutive diameter compared to its chunky counterpart, the large bower. In terms of length, it's six meters long, so it's not small by any means. We start off with the duodenum, then. And this duodenum is a C-shaped, around 30 centimetres of tube that wraps around one of your viscera of digestion, the pancreas. At the midpoint of the duodenum, you have a small opening called the ampulla of vata. And you have two tubes, one from the pancreas, one from the liver in the biliary tree, that allows juices to enter at this point. What enters in is enzymes from the pancreas, we have some bile salts, and the process here furthers digestion with enzymes like amylase, but also neutralizes that stomach acid. So if you imagine that acidic stomach acid, you need to neutralize that in order to stop autodigestion, which is never a good thing, and the principle of duodenal ulcers. Now from the duodenum, we entered into the jugenum, and the jejunum's lumen is perfectly suited to the function of the small intestine, absorption. It is folded into the fantastically named plicae circularis for one of its names. And these folds have further projections from them into the lumen called villi. And the villi have further folds called microvilli. So the surface area is huge and perfect for absorption. Now, as we pass from the duodenum into the ileum, there's no exact direct transition point, but instead a gradual narrowing of it, and as a result, we enter into the ileum. The ileum then less folds, and its job is really reabsorption, and we're looking at you, vitamin B12. We then enter into the large bowel, and the large bowel has the function of storing Faeces, until it's socially acceptable to get rid of them, and to reabsorb water as well. Now, the large bowel starts at the blind-ended cecum, and attached to this is that vestigial organ called the appendix. And remember, that's the bane of many a surgeon. The rest of the colon, a large bowel, is named after its shape. So we have an ascending, a transverse, and a descending part. And then we enter into the serpentine sigmoid shape of the sigmoid colon ending in a straight tube called the rectum, meaning straight, and a ring called the anus. Now the shape of the large bowel is quite an interesting one. There are no plicae, no folds, but instead you have three longitudinal muscles that uh, allow transition and movement through the colon called the teniae coli. And this causes bunching up of the colon into large folds called haustra. So very different in its shape to the small intestine. Let's lend on some clinical aspects then. Anything that speeds up transit time of contents through the bowel will result in diarrhoea. Lots of things can do this. Irritants, medication, um, pathogens such as campylobacter, inflammation causing inflammatory bowel disease. This can also do this. And the reverse of this, of course, is constipation. Okay, got a couple of seconds left. I've been Chris Summers and I have a new find respect for a tortoise. I'm mm-hmm. not